As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Son of Slovenia, cool as hell, he scores the ball and he rebounds well. Welcome to 77 Minutes, a Dallas Mavericks podcast, part of the Athletic Podcast Network, not the only podcast (laughs) to be recording in a unnamed, anonymous uh, San Francisco hotel room right now. Because not I, related to a Kanye West album. Not related to a Kanye West, West album at all. Not related um, to DK Metcalf. No. Certainly not that. <laughs> so I'm Tim Cato. I read and talked about the Mavericks. And I am recording uh, actually in the Locked On Mavs Boys hotel room. <laughs> and they have a wonderful audio setup. And uh, we're just going to talk a little bit about game one. Nick, Isaac, how are y'all? <sighs> It was a game, and it got away from the Mavs so quick. Like it just snowballed, and all of a sudden, it felt like it was within reach, and then it just got away from them so fast. You know, I, I we did a quick thing post game, and I said it there, but you know, for me, it was my first time here at Chase, and I went into the the gift shop before the game, and one, their gift shop is just unbelievable. But I saw this like shirt and as soon as I walked in and it was it just had a big letter, you know, big words, Steph, Clay, Dre, 10 years. And it was like this reminder of we've been watching this Warriors team for so long. And we obviously know the success of these, you know, those three guys have had. But it was just this reminder of like, holy crap, they've been together 10 freaking years. Like it's 10 years that these guys have been together. And that just at the moment, I was like, oh, well, it's been 10 years. And then after the game, I'm like. Yeah, it's been 10 years because it looked like this was a game, a game one, that 10 years worth of these three guys being together, that's how they would come out and play. The Warriors are about to start saying, the only NBA team. <laughs> Going to start calling themselves that. I feel like it. <laughs> yeah. Did y'all, did y'all like my intro? <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. It's it's so funny. Like I think like you guys were like the main reason. You and, and like the 17 other Mavs podcasts. There are like, many. 
we're the only one. We're the only one. And then, you know, <laughs> you know, some so it's start, good to spice and then it up. Some just die off. Yeah. But some stick around. I, I barely even introduced y'all. I was just like Nick and Isaac, but everybody knows y'all. So well, I, I don't feel I have to. Locked on Mavericks, obviously. You guys listen. I listen. It's it's the OG. It's the OG pod. It's OG, not the wow. OG. But it is. I, I remember like it. I remember a picture of of Jeff Skin Wade like on the front of like some Mavs podcast from like years and years ago where he has like short hair and like a goatee. Y'all y'all are probably the that longest. That was like the first Mavs podcast I remember. You I remember think, that one? I think yeah. y'all have to be the longest running like podcast with the same hosts. We though. have definitely done the most episodes of any podcast. Oh, that's any, for sure. There's no question about yeah, that. Yeah, this, this month is five five straight years of every day. And we're, five at, days a week, we're yeah. at like 1,400 episodes right now. So, so with is- game one... I think it's really interesting how differently the Warriors play. Like, we knew this. This is no yeah. surprise. I'm not telling y'all anything you don't know. But to play two teams back-to-back, you know, the 13 uh, postseason games that Dallas has had so far have been against pick-and-roll offenses. Yes. Um, and the Warriors are not. The Warriors are moving into space. They're creating. They're trying to create advantages, um, or, or they're making movement before the advantages exist. You know, pick-and-roll is all about... All right, I'm going to get downhill into the lane, and then the other team's going to have to help, and then we have man advantages all over the court. And I, I really, you know, Golden State is moving; they're sprinting into stuff that doesn't look like it's going to be open until it's open. They don't need two feet in the paint to create open shots, and it, it's a it's a pretty different thing that that they're doing. Um, and it's pretty different than the success that the Mavericks defense had. They also just have more dynamism all across their roster. Uh, You know, Andrew Wiggins going for 19, like he did Uh, Draymond green several times creating open threes um, or, or shots right at the, right at the rim. You know, I thought that was impressive. Jalen Brunson on him, like they straight up guarded Draymond green with Jalen Brunson. I think that floater is is there for him more. I was surprised they didn't go to that more often because that's a, that's a mismatch for them, but yeah, and you know what? So I rewatched a little bit of the first half, uh, you know, before we recorded this. And one play that stuck out was Draymond slipping. So it was it was Luca pulling up uh, Draymond into a pick and roll. Draymond and uh, you know, and it guarded by Brunson. Um, I'm sorry, I've got this wrong. I'm I'm already mixing up sides of the court. Steph. <laughs> Pulls up Draymond yeah, into yeah, a pick yeah. and roll. Yeah. And Brunson is guarding Draymond. Yep. And Brunson blitzes Steph, but doesn't have the size to prevent the pass that goes. And then Draymond's in the middle of the lane. I, I think Steph's he, not Booker. Like, right. Steph has been getting blitzed since he was wearing diapers. Okay. Right. So like, and he throws that hook pass. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's the exact pass he uses. And he gets it way up over his head. But Jalen Brunson, like Mavericks love to say high hands. They love like I've heard them, especially in the past month or so. I I keep hearing players and coaches mm. say high hands. Well, it worked against Booker, and it right. worked against Clay a little bit tonight in this game. But it's not going to work against Steph. It's not going to work. It, against it could Draymond. work with a little bit more size. Oh, yeah, you got to have big hands. Right, right, right. You <laughs> just got to have a taller player. Yeah. And, and so I think you're conceding that slip if Brunson guards Draymond. And I understand why they did it. Otherwise, Brunson is an incredible help defender. I I, I haven't realized how. Like as I've been watching their defensive success uh, in this postseason, I didn't realize how you know just consistently good he was. Like you know he's doing that little tap dance in and out of the lane, so many possessions. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, he doesn't. He, like, so he's a, he's a good defender. He doesn't get beat that often, but he does give up size, and he's not going to prevent that little slip pass to Draymond. Well, who else would he guard? Because he's not going to guard that's, Steph. That's the thing. They're going to put Reggie on Steph. Do you like put Clay. him on Clay? Yeah. But they put Dorian on Clay. So then you're just playing the Wiggins Draymond game because obviously Dwight's going to guard Looney. So, you know, Luca was on Wiggins tonight. However, you want to draw those lines that Wiggins had 19, but you almost by default have to put Brunson on Draymond. I wouldn't mind him on Clay. Yeah. I mean, that's your, that's your other option, right? <laughs> you put him on that, you put him on Clay, and then all of a sudden maybe you move Luca. Put, put Dorian on Draymond or Luca on Draymond. <laughs> I don't think you can take. I don't think you can take Dorian and Bullock off of those guards. <laughs> right. I don't know. Clay, Clay wasn't, I mean, Clay hasn't been normal Clay. And obviously, Clay was a little rusted tonight. I feel like he had some shots late that maybe gave him some more confidence. But I feel like him going into the post plays into what Dallas wants. Yeah. Like, like oh, yeah. You know, if he, you know, the, the classic, like, if Luca beats you with step backs, so you got to tip tip the cap. I, I, the same goes. If, if Clay's going to, you know, hit seven post fadeaways. Well, it's, it's almost the same as like it's not the same type of play, but it's it's, it's the same kind of thing as when Aiton would go in the post. It's like right. okay, that just gives us enough time to set the rest of our defense, to give enough time for somebody to come over to help, gives enough time for us to you know that takes away from anybody else getting the ball, and so they're like we're we're fine with that. We're gonna be yeah. we're gonna be okay with that. But the only post like primary post uh, offensive players that scare me are ones who can pass, and that's why Aiton's yeah. not scary. That's why Clay's right. not scary to me. Right. Um, you know, if they're if they're going to be tunnel visioned in on, you know, scoring, even if they score what, but like, what's the most a player is going to score in the post in a single game? What, like 10, 12, 14? Well, most teams, even if a guy's good at scoring in the post, most teams don't have the, what's the another word for, don't have the cojones uh, <laughs> like to word. just keep going to the post. Like, you, Rick Carlisle's you would be freaking out right now. Like, I don't care how, like we're not going to the post. Right. So, and and that's how you can justify, you know, maybe putting Jalen Brunson on, you know, on clay and getting more size into the Draymond pick and roll with Steph. Yeah. And, you know, it's kind of a trickle down of, okay, maybe we're giving up eight points, but we're going to be preventing a lot more points by not letting that. It, it, honestly, it wasn't the Steph Dre pick and roll that killed them this game. No. Um, so, you know, maybe we're overthinking this completely. Well, and it's not like, like your point earlier, it's not just like, okay, uh, Brunson is guarding Draymond. That's it. A one-on-one matchup. They go like, there's just all kinds of actions going around and the Mavericks have gotten used to these two player actions like literally just pick and roll or literally just you know Mitchell and Gobert they've gotten used to Chris Paul and Ayton and they've gotten used to having to not guard those big men in certain moments right like they wouldn't they wouldn't throw an inbounds pass to to Gobert like to save to save his life in that first round series so they had a couple moments in a possession where they could say okay we're going to help off of Gobert right here if there's a really good passer on the Jazz that could throw a really good inbounds pass then all of a sudden they they could take advantage of that all day but they didn't and same with the same with the the Suns for some reason they just decided not to trust Aiden. You don't have that in this series, right? Because it's all different. It's just a completely different offense, right? With, with with I was actually going to ask you a question about Golden State's defense because tonight it felt like I was joking about this earlier after the game. I was like, it, it felt like a carnival game of like, hey, let's just spin the wheel and figure out. All right, now we're going to play zone this possession, and now we're going to play box and one, and now we're going to play. Obviously, it was part of their game plan of like, hey, we're going to throw a bunch of different defensive looks at Luka at this offense. 
What was like your takeaway from Golden State's defense tonight? So, so this is right where I was going. I, I think it's time to talk. You know how the how the Mavericks did offensively. I want to I want to hear here. My 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 broad takeaways is that the process was pretty good. Like I thought that they got a bunch of open shots in the first half, and that you know because. The, they didn't hit them in the first half. The game was different in the second half. Hundred um, percent. They hit those shots. You know things are different. Um, I do think they played Luca pretty well, but I don't believe that you can play Luca well uh, the same way, or even in you know in consecutive games. I just I've watched enough Luca to not think that you know. The idea that okay, the, sure, you know, Kev, Kevon Looney did a really good job channeling him to help. Lucas just going to figure that out. I, I yeah. don't know exactly yeah. how. Like he may cross him over and get on the other side of the way that uh, Looney is shading him. Uh, he may just go right into that help before it's set up and draw fouls. You know, there's a hundred different ways Luca could do that, and he knows best. Um, you know, with an assist from the coaching staff and in what they're suggesting. Um, it's just things like that don't don't work uh, consistently. You know, I, I did check uh, the second spectrum numbers, mm-hmm. and unsurprisingly, uh, the Mavericks underperformed. Oh, they did, and, <laughs> and the Warriors overperformed. Breaking news! I know. Well, I know. I didn't know you were going to break news on this pod. <laughs> it was one point of the game. It was like an eight point game, and the Warriors were shooting sixty percent from the field, and the, the, yeah. the Mavs were shooting thirty percent. You're like, okay, there's something wrong here, but the score wasn't that different. And it was like, oh, the Mavericks are still in this. If this three point shooting just changes for them, all of a sudden it would change their whole outlook and. Honestly, the three-point shooting affected their defense in a, a lot of different ways too. Yeah, like their sh- transition runouts, you know. Which again, and just I, demeanor overall, yeah. it felt like they just kind of gave up on the game at certain points. Lucas, you know, his his body language was like, Ugh, another missed three, Ugh, another wasted offensive opportunity, and just gave up some buckets. And it's it's funny. So the pace of this game actually picked up a little bit in the second half, and, and in garbage time, it always picks up. Yeah. Um, ended up at uh, ninety seven uh, possessions, uh, ninety eight. The the teams averaged ninety eight each. Um, for the first half, it was it was around ninety. You know, the same but as the, the Mavericks always have. Yep. Yeah. Um, and even though Golden State pushed it, you know, their tempo was higher to start possessions. Yeah. A lot of times, like I remember one time they threw it down to Andrew Wiggins and he gets five feet away from the rim, but you know, somebody's there and he turns and backs him down and then resets, you know, and you know, you can have a high tempo without having a high pace. You know, I I think that's when Jason Kidd talks about, you know, early offense, early shots. That's what he's saying. Just get the tempo up. And then if we don't have it, you don't take the shot. Well, and this Warriors team is not a super fast paced team. Like they, they play with some pace, but it's that. It's what you said. It's that tempo, right? They're moving the ball around a lot. All those guys are moving all the time. Clay and Steph moving all the time. Like Bullock and Dorian, I don't know if they're going to be able to play 44, 45 minutes in this series the way that they're going to have to guard and just chase those guys around all the time. I've heard someone say once that Cleveland um, would always... I I can't remember if it was actually a Cleveland player saying this. I don't think it was. Um, But... They always kind of spotted Golden State a game the first time they met in the finals it's because like the, they had to the readjust. Feel out game, <laughs> and yeah, they had to. No, it was Cleveland having to spot a game to some degree because they have to readjust to the how unique the Warriors play mm-hmm. and how much you know. Again, you know, Steph sprints into his spots and then catches yeah. and shoots. 
like sprints into them. Players can't do that. You know, like, like, like even really good shooters can't move that quickly, stop and then be in balance. Mike Conley wasn't doing that in the first round. (laughs) He was not, (laughs) he was not at all. And so, um, you know, I, I do think that there is even a kind of natural adjustment there in, in that context of, Oh, right. You know, these guys are not just, you know, they, they're not fast. They're not, you know, you know, pace wise, yeah. you know, they're not trying to take every rebound right to the rim within four seconds, but yeah. their speed of play is something very unique within the NBA. Um, and let's give this coaching staff like the benefit of doubt of, Hey, they, they lost game one against Utah. They lost game one against they, they lost game one against Phoenix and it's like, all right, they lost this game. Now they're going to go to the drawing board. They're going to make their adjustments. Just like you're saying, I'm not just Luca, the coaching staff too. Dang. I think <laughs> somebody outside is trying to get in. Somebody just made an adjustment outside with their car, <laughs> but, but no, I mean, I, that's what I, I'm so anxious. And it to was see Sean game. Sweeney. <laughs> I'm really curious to see what game two, just the adjustments. How do they make, make life easier for Luke on the offensive end? How do they change up a few things defensively? They're going to make adjustments. This is what I feel like Jason Kidd has proved that. What, what was our feeling coming out of game two of Phoenix? Like that fourth quarter of that game two in Phoenix, you were there. Like that was embarrassing for Luca. That that was a moment. They were like laughing and toying with him. Like, and it was like, man, down 0-2. And they won that series in, in seven games. So I don't think even Mavs fans listen to this. I don't think it's a coming out of a game one saying, Man, this series is over. Let's give it a shot. Let's give them a chance to make adjustments. Even if they lose game two. Yeah. Cause some people do say series doesn't start until somebody <laughs> loses. <laughs> I know. Well, I'm still waiting for that. Well, the, no. the Sun series that, ended. It, it, it started and it ended. ended the same game. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It started when it ended. Like, I, I, <laughs> you know, like right at the buzzer, the series. Like, there's just like a millisecond where it, 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 it. the switch flips to started, and then right back <laughs> down to not ended. started. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree. You know, this game one. And maybe maybe it's just that I have like I've seen them adjust and so I have more confidence in their ability to which yeah. is you know fair. I've seen them adjust all season, but I haven't seen them in the conference finals. I haven't seen them in the semifinals. <laughs> um but this game one feels way different than, you know, the the Suns game one, than the Jazz game one. Um you know, it feels way different than, you know, just the the game two in Phoenix. Even if you, I don't know, it's pretty, close, it's pretty close to that game, game two and game five of, of the Phoenix series. It feels kind of like those games. I thought, I thought game two, you know, I, I may, maybe I can't divorce my feelings, you know, after that game or, or you know, like how I was analyzing and, and what I was thinking was going to happen in the series because they're, you know, two games down, not one, but that felt real bad. Like to, yeah, to expose oh, yeah. Luca like they did that I thought was as, yeah. as bad as, you know, any moment in the postseason to me. Yeah. Um, Some would say it was a turning point for Luca. <laughs> well, <laughs> who would say that? <laughs> I I said post game, I was like, hey, of after that game two against Phoenix, I was like, I think this could be like a moment of his career that it was that bad. It was on a national stage. The Suns were laughing. It was just, I'm like, this feels like it could be a moment. 
you know, obviously some Mavs fans really didn't like me like taking a shot at Luca that way. I felt better when Zach Lowe said the same thing. You know, anytime <laughs> Zach Lowe says the same thing as you, you're like, all right, feel smart. I feel better about that. <laughs> um, but the series was different after that game. So yeah. did he? I, I don't know. Will Will that be something he looks back on in the future? I don't know. Do you, what do you guys take of the fatigue from game seven? Like you look at that Boston team and the Boston team was missing smart and Horford because of COVID and, and all that, but they came out so flat and they got destroyed in that third quarter in game one against the heat. And you look at this Mavs team and kind of a similar thing happened. Do you take any of the hangover of, of a game seven like that? Uh, I mean, I do and I don't. Um, Dang it, Tim. Yeah, come on, Tim. We're looking for optimism here. Come on. Well, if I answer both ways, then nobody can fault me. (laughs) I I can always look back and I'm like, well, I said I I do, or I said I don't. (laughs) Um, It's just like, to me, the fatigue was not, uh, yeah, unless it contributed to the shots, which is impossible Mm. to say. But, you know, the missed shots, I thought, was an issue. Um, I thought the speed of play and and the Mavericks just being a little slow for that was an issue. And, And then down the list, you know, I kind of get to, you know, and that's why it's hard because like every single thing we identify could be affected by fatigue. I did not see direct correlations between tired legs, tired players, not running as hard as they should. Um, but goes to the brain too though. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and and that's, you you know, you kind of mentioned that just a second ago, the warriors cause you to have mental fatigue in the way they play. Um, or just listening to Draymond yell all the time. <laughs> He's the only one who can do it. He, 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 he has he recorded a podcast yet? <laughs> I was gonna say, should we, has he should we, should we check? Uh, <laughs> speaking of uh, the other guy, since Draymond didn't get a tech and Dinwiddie did, what do you think about Dinwiddie's game tonight? Seventeen points off the off the bench. He hit three threes in this game. I, I mean, if you can get seventeen to twenty from Dinwiddie off the bench, sign me up. He has this weird way to attack dropping defenders, mm. not not just like drop defenders and drop coverage, but, you know, anytime a defender is dropping, like he just like kind of gets into their armpit to draw a foul. Yeah. Yeah, he Have does. You, like, like it's, and he's it's good at drawing I swear it. that's right where he's headed. <laughs> yeah. And right in the armpit. It works. It, it works real well. Um, yeah. That and he hits some threes, including a catch and shoot. Like the yep. step, like the step backs are like, whatever. <laughs> They go um, in. Sure. Looks yeah, good. If it, it feels like nobody has any control over them. Yeah. Um, and and <laughs> he's probably, him. yeah, but I, I like, I like when he's spotting up and, and can hit a catch and shoot or two, you know, I think that's good for the Mavericks offense. It's nice. So anyway, I want to ask y'all, unless you have any more thoughts on the game, what was it like to be at a game, a road game? Oh, you guys are here. Enjoyed it. In San Francisco in an unnamed hotel. <laughs> Chase Center is amazing. It's an amazing building. And we're not going to compare it to the AAC. We're just <laughs> it's 22 years newer. 21. It just, it, it, it's nicer. Of course it it's is. It's one Tim Cato older. <laughs> you, you know, you walk up to that, you know, the front like lawn area, you know, where the TNT crew is out there is a couple restaurants and it has this like this, this lady talking in this like robotic futuristic. Welcome star- to the chase center. Yes. Home of the golden six time champion. I'm golden like, State very Wars. Star Wars. Am I at like star Wars or Jurassic park entrance right now? Or, <laughs> And no, just everything's just so brand new. The in welcome to the, Star Tours. The, yes, it's like the the in game entertainment. You know, their jumbotron to just 
everything is so new from even things like coming down from the ceiling and glowing and it's just wild. It just feels like a whole different. Now, obviously we haven't, you know, this is our first like away, you know, covering the Mavs on a, on the road, but so we don't have a ton of other arenas compared to. So it feels like it, correct me if I'm wrong. We could be seeing the best of the best version. So now we're like, man, is every arena like that? <laughs> and we don't get that at, AAC. I don't think so. I've been to Pacers games. We've been to Pacers games. Yeah, yeah sure. I've yeah. been to I've been to Magic games. Like I've been we've been to some other arenas, but uh, this one this one is decked this out. One is uh, different. It's it's up there. It's it's best Joe Lake of the best material. Past me tonight in the the tunnel, and I was like, hmm, you have a lot of money. That's <laughs> <laughs> what I was thinking about. This like that TikTok. Wow, some people have a lot of money. We don't. <laughs> I do not. I do not. That's that's it's so fun. Yeah, it's all the people like they they, they wall off a section with uh uh yeah. you know they they sat me in this um when I was there in the regular season I guess they had some free spots in like the radio booth so they put me in the radio booth and I was trying to just walk down the stairs to the court and there's just like a glass wall that kind of the very bottom of that section is just. You know, that's where the bunker suites open up to. Uh, that's where the very, very wealthy people have a few seats. Like a and zoo? I'm just like, <laughs> they have a glass I'm wall not, like a I'm zoo? I'm not rabid. Like, <laughs> yeah. you could just have stairs that go through this section. I'm not going to bother them. I'm just trying to go to the court because it's the most efficient way. Yeah. So, you know, it, it definitely uh, has its quirks, um, which is for rich people. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Um, you know what actually threw me off the most about this game? The lack yeah. of rim mics. Like, you just not being an AAC and not having. I missed <laughs> that. I missed the. the, the I missed like the. Chris the, Paul shoots it. Well, they don't, they don't have a Jeff. <laughs> they don't have Jeff. No one has a Jeff. They Nobody has Jeff. a Jeff. As Manually I, as I found the, out. Manually, you know, just popping it up and down. <laughs> we could do it right now. So. You know, another thing is. You know, this is there's only two series left, obviously. So a lot of media are at these, and so yes. for us, you know, it's a lot of man seeing everybody in like one spot to, 
you know, it's like a little shimmying, like summer league. <laughs> yeah, like shimmying past Howard Beck to you know us sitting down for dinner, and you're like, "Hey, this is Rob Mahoney." I'm like, "Oh, this is the the Falcon Bird emoji or a <laughs> Avi on uh, on Twitter." And it's like never seen you know Rob's face before, and so like meeting other media people that you know we all Doing all follow each other and stuff. So that part's been been cool too. Yeah, yeah. Like I I even had a little moment of like, okay, last time I covered the conference finals. It was Game 7 Rockets Warriors 27 missed threes. Ooh. And that was at a different job. It was the Hold last Hold on, that day. was the last time you covered a conference finals? For us, And now the Mavs missed like 33s in this? It's Tim Cato's fault. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Don't you put this on me. First. I mean, it was, it was, they should give me credit for winning the last series because they took all the media slights. 77 and people minutes in heaven? More them. like 77 and missed threes. Ha-ha! <laughs> <laughs> Well, they got a they got a little ways to go on that. Um, I have one more game. <laughs> that's that's the last one I covered, and then you know, and then I was like, well, a few years before that, I would you know I covered that Vince Carter game winner, and mm. I was at Mass Moneyball. You know, that was wow. one of the first playoff games uh-huh. I covered, and you know, it's cool. It's cool to you know just see a career progress, and like the same for you guys. Like I'm, I'm psyched that you guys are just wow. out here. Seeing the Chase Center. Well, I texted you the other night. I was like, hey, any hotel wrecks? And you just sent back all these exclamation points. <laughs> like, oh, you know, we're, we're coming. So it, it's been it's been fun. And it's it, in a way, it doesn't feel like the conference finals because, you know, we just, I just watch on TV every year and get excited about it, carve out those nights. And it's like, all right, going to watch these games. And now we're at it watching this team we've watched a million times. And it's like, oh, dang, this is the legit conference finals that we're watching and covering right now. So it's cool. It's it all, it all happened so quick. Anyway, I appreciate you guys hopping on and hopping on again in the loosest sense of the word, since I'm literally using your audio setup here, <laughs> but I appreciate that. No, Come thank prepare. you. Thank you. These love guys have been up for Wait, should a we long sing, time. We should sing this song. 77 minutes in heaven. <laughs> I have never once thought to do that. <laughs> to end that's the, amazing. To end like that. show, that's get, a fantastic ender. Tell, um, that's a Gallagher special, right? <laughs> tell Dave. No, that he no, has to it's sing Col- it. uh, Colin Cable, um, which is I someone like I know. And, yes, he was and, on. We had him on Lockdown Maps. Yes, yes, uh, a friend of our producer Kent Garrison. So he sang this song. Yeah, Colin. Just, yeah, tell Dave. Dave has to sing this song next time. Okay. Okay. We could do that. We could do that. Oh. Anyway, on that and note, Austin. We will be back. Dave and Austin will both be singing. If not on the next episode, definitely game three or four, the post game after that. But I'll 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 be back. Uh not with Nick or Isaac. I, I've got I've got someone lined up for Friday. Sorry guys. I know you're heartbroken. We just got fired. Yeah. <laughs> one and done. D- d- demoted. Uh, it's probably <laughs> like game back. one of the maps. I would say sit back. Yeah. Return to Cinder. He's in a ghost, isn't he? You know. He has, uh, he has more dates lined up. But I'll, I'll be back for that, and um, we'll see you then. Peace out. Boom. Sport night. Just like me, I am 34. Don't fight the future, honey. Don't fight the future. The future is Luke, a big dick Donchich from the home of Melania Trump. How many kids you hit? Don't fight the future. It tears me apart. Don't fight the future. Please be nice to Luca.
four-time MVP. Oh, my God. Oh! Shut it down. Let's go home. It's a wrap, Doug. That is a wrap. Woo!